3: Not just a media company, iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: Welcome to Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today joining myself and Jim Simonetti are Danny Lennon and Graham Diamond. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Paul. Thanks Thank for having us. Much. Thanks for having us. It's a real pleasure to have you in from Clyde Football Club. i have got the manager and the sporting director. So brilliant that you're taking a wee bit of time out your busy schedules to come along. We've been talking a wee bit about uh, youth football over the last few <coughs> weeks, and it's fantastic to get an insight maybe into how that works at the top level because Danny is one. Uh, trophies at the top level of football And how it works Where Clyde are these days Sometimes we take it for granted Or Celtic could maybe loan players to this club or that club How does it benefit you guys as well um, How is that working How difficult is it during pandemic to get players in And everything else that uh, Might come to mind during that conversation So thank you very much for being here today um, The first thing is I, I've got a, a bit of concern And you guys can maybe tell me or allay my concerns I feel that there's a lot of Celtic prodigies on the way out the door before we've even seen them performing. So the other day there we got news that uh, Conor McBride was away to Blackburn Um, and that follows Liam Morrison and Barry Hepburn going to Bayern Munich and there's rumours, unconfirmed rumours, that Dembele might be on his way out as well. He's coming to Clyde. (laughs) <laughs> to
5: there's, it's exclusive. Exclusive. there's an exclusive <laughs> ah, well
6: done well done my, yeah, my
4: concern these days Danny going back to you playing there's no reserve league there's there's a bit of a void between the development players and the first team would you agree
6: yeah I think massively um, way back in the day I always recall you know my younger days at Hibs um, and, and, and clubs looked to farm maybe younger players out to junior clubs but there was a real competitiveness um, in the reserve football. You know, it was proper. the The first team played at one stadium, uh, the opposite venue. The reserves went to the, up, the 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 other side, and you're playing against real, real good quality, experienced players. Maybe coming back from injury, players that are needing games, etc. And I thought it was a great learning school. And I think that that, that bridge, you know, I, I think players technically are brought up very, very sound at uh, in today's uh, game. But they still need to cash in and get out there and get the experience of what men's football's all about.
4: See, when you were a a youngster making your your way in the game, maybe at Hibs, and you you were playing for the the reserves, and maybe you were playing alongside a seasoned pro, an old Grizzly pro, Danny, would you learn a lot just by playing with them, without the textbook, without the kind of coaching, just by seeing them by example?
6: Yeah, no doubt. You know, John Collins was a young one, you know, uh, or slightly older than us, but played um, for maybe... Three months in the reserves, you know, while he was making that, that breakthrough into the first team, you could see the level is where he was and I thought he was a prime example and, and someone uh, showing you the direction of how hard you had to work, you know, in terms of where you had to be to play at that level of football. I recall even later on, Stevie Archibald came to, to Hibbs at that time. Um, him and Alec had a, a fallout and, that, and 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 Stevie was put put to the reserves, you know, for somewhere to play. But I must admit, he acquitted himself fantastically well and he was absolutely terrific for us young players, you know, to go. And I've never seen a player, you know, play in the half-turn and get his Mm. body between defender and ball as much as Stevie and get on that half-turn. And he had a, you know, he had a touch like a butterfly, velvet. So it was, yeah.
4: I think, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm imagining you as a teenager, you're playing alongside an ex-Barcelona player. Yeah. For Hibs reserves, I mean, you're going to learn from that, agree, I me?
2: absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, the point that Danny's making there about the the, the reserves—you ask most people in the game, you, the the log, the log tells you that that's where they learn the game. Any young player coming through learns that, and that's definitely what's missing. Because if you had a, a, a player who has a good attitude. Some, some of them, the, the players coming down, don't, and, and that can be detrimental at times, but if you can get a good, experienced player, you'll learn more from him in one game than you will do, in my opinion, in perhaps a season of academy football. Mm-hmm. And that's just be seeing, seeing what they do, listening to what they say, and just being encouraged. And at the same time, maybe a wee jolt as well, when you're maybe not doing something. So it, it's, for me, it's, Reserve team football was a big miss. However, I understand the reasons why maybe it, it is no more. Personally, myself, I would love to see it coming back, but finances will always dictate to what happens here.
4: I was going to ask, because I know that the financial element was one of the reasons, certainly, for the Reserve League being scrapped when it was scrapped. A lot of clubs were struggling to pay the overheads for it, weren't they? Yeah. Do you see a time, Graham, where we, we bring it back or going back to something that has been proposed in the past do you think that maybe some Colt teams at some stage will be introduced? And I'll come back to the Celtic Colts mm. um, playing against yourself, Danny, because that was tremendous when you came on as a 50-year-old. Yeah. Do you think that is the way to go? Can, can the young guys get experience by having... Because they do it in Spain, don't they? The B teams are playing yeah, in the do. pyramid.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, they do. At the moment, and, and I'm not too sure how many people are, are aware of this, but both Celtic and Rangers um, wanted to have their Colt teams uh, put into the league structure. And I think it was more timing than, than, than anything else that that didn't happen for uh, this season coming or, or the season which should have been started there in the, last week. And the proposal was for to, to to let the two Colts teams in, but there wasn't enough time really for to to digest the uh, the ins and outs of it. So it was knocked back uh, as part of the league reconstruction meetings for the the Hartnesser so scenarios and, and whatnot. I think that was taking more precedence. However, um, what transpired from that was they went away and had a great good think about it again. They did their sums better and they came up with a new proposal. Now, what happened was Celtic took half the teams in, in out of the 42, I think they took 20 teams, and Rangers took 20 teams to go around and speak with them and explain exactly what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. Um, we had a meeting with uh, with Rangers, because uh, we were in, in, that, in that part of the, the divide, and uh, Craig Mulholland, who's the Academy Director there, um, explained to us exactly how it would work. Mm-hmm. Now, in theory, I thought it was a good idea. Financially, it was always a good idea as well. And they were proposing it starts next season, so it'll be season 21-22. So, I think it's got a good chance of, of happening. Uh, though obviously, it'll go to a vote with the clubs and, and, and they'll decide upon it. But for me, that would be good for them. Now, they were also talking then about maybe an Aberdeen Colts and a Hibs Colts or whatever. Mm-hmm. How that then morphs into to, to the bigger picture, I'm unsure. But I think it's worth a try to get um, league reconstruction in, which could possibly be uh, Premier, 14 clubs, Championship 14 clubs, so there's 28. And if you had the, the other 14, which would make it 42. Um, if you also added in the Celtic Rangers Colts, that would be 44. And potentially, potentially, uh, and I'll just take a couple of names here, Kelty uh, Hearts or uh, uh and Lett Talbot, for example. Because what's happening at the moment is, and, and, and Danny can actually uh, back me up on this, Clubs like Kelty Hearts and uh, BSC Glasgow, Drumchapel United, all these teams you are in now in the pyramid of the lower leagues are spending absolute fortunes mm-hmm. yeah. on signing players. Yeah. So much so, we can't compete with what they're offering. Now, that, that can't be right that when a, a Division 1 club is struggling to compete yeah. with a, a club who, uh, with all due respect... Um, a junior club, and some of them are even. If I take from Chapel United, for example, in existence for you know ten minutes, mm-hmm. and with all due respect, um, are able to offer players such as the ex captain of Hamilton, who played in the Premier League last year, and we can come nowhere near that. No. So if you take those two clubs and make it a potential. Forty six, which would make it fourteen, fourteen, and maybe an eighteen. Mm-hmm. So that the the team who are playing in the division one, then they would only play each other twice. So it's thirty four games. The rest could still play their um, uh, home and away games. Plus then the cut off, whether it be the top six or the top eight. So these ideas are floating about at the moment. It is exciting, I think, mm-hmm. and and. A real possibility of making real change. However, I would just like to maybe caution, with the amount of the amount of clubs who are splashing out a lot of money, there is maybe only one or two that can be successful. What are the other eight or nine going to do when they're not successful? One, I'll tell you what, he'll get sacked because he's the manager of that club. Yeah. They're spent fortunes. And they haven't made it. They maybe came in second. That's not good enough so these, for the amount of money. So these clubs are putting
5: themselves right up there like ducks at the shows, really waiting to be shot down. Yes. But you, you look at it, how long, how long can that be sustained with these other teams? Uh, you're talking about the Drumchapel Amateurs or the Celties, whatever. Drumchapel United. Drumchapel uh, Drum United. Given this
2: a uh, type of finance uh, to these players... It's short term, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah, of course it is. You know, for a club like Clyde since 1877, my priority as a sporting director, first priority is to ensure that we are still in business this time next year. So he, through this pandemic. Aye. Right, so here's a question for you. So you've just signed, uh, or, or sorry, you've got a player in uh, in,
5: in loan from Rangers, uh, Matthew Shields, left back, nineteen year old. Yes. Uh, players like him, uh, you're looking at John Jack, uh, St. Mirren, and Josh Jay, Jack Josh Jack sorry and Jay Henderson check yep. checking a few things so how do you then afford a player like that that's coming in from whether it be, be Rangers or
2: Celtic or St Mirren how does that work? Well we have an arrangement to, with the clubs um, because of a relationship and maybe I'll let Danny touch upon it as yeah. he had a better relationship with St Mirren
6: Yeah, yeah I, I, th- I think um, the likes of these players come in they need access this season you know, to competitive football, um, and 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 getting players of the the LK Matty Shields, you know Josh and yeah. uh, J Henderson, um, we take it as a compliment. You know that Premier clubs are approaching Clyde Football Club, and I think that goes to to say that all the good work that's been put in place, the foundation that um, is is in and around here, um, yeah. and and. And possibly the the style of football and the philosophy that that myself and my staff and the fo- the football club has, so it's great to build e- an easy relationship in, up in there, you know. And um, as much as much as we're helping these players have the access to go and get in first or the opportunity of first team football, it works both ways, you know. You need a helping hand for the for the lending club, to, you know, to make it financially. Um, Viable, a, a viable, yeah, yeah. You you, you need that, and um, I I think going back to what Graham was, what you were talking initially about the Celtic and, and the Rangers Colts, I think if everything and and is 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 caught up and the finances are 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 dealt with properly, you know, for the for the other clubs in there, I actually think it would be great that these guys are out there because they're the crop, they're the ones that are investing heavily, you know, with. Um, their finances and the best club uh, kids in and around the country, or even other countries, they need access to that. And I think that overall, these these so called better kids giving access to, to first team football, I think overall that would help our national game as well, mm-hmm. no doubt. But but you
5: you you look at these uh, these players mm-hmm. that's on the periphery and the young players that's coming through. Um, correct me if I'm I'm right here. Uh, The young uh, fella uh, Matthew Shields Was he previously As a youth player at Celtic Then he went to Rangers Now he's uh, He's coming with you guys So part of his development Will you uh, Put him Into The first team uh, Or has he Got to play in the first team When he's loaned out Or is that down to you guys
6: Listen You'll you'll never have a a gun held to your head You know the, the, The boy's got an opportunity He's got access there you know to come and play. That any kid or any player coming in un, under your care, um, you'll help shape, guide them. You know and and um, and look after them. But they've got to earn the right, and they'll certainly be given an opportunity. Like any footballer out there, they've got to earn the right. You know if they want that jersey, week in and week out.
5: Well, that's good to hear, Danny. Because you any you wouldn't, me. If I was the the, the coach. Sitting there, I wouldn't like to be dictated to that. I've been bringing a player in; I must play him But that—that's that, refreshing. Yeah. Paul, you were going
4: to ask a question there. Well, <coughs> Danny, you mentioned John Collins. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you know when you're coming through at Hibs, and he's famed for his, you know, commitment to his yeah. fitness and his diet and that type of thing. And he had a fantastic career. Uh, I was a mm-hmm. huge fan of Collins when he was at Hibs. I watched him at Easter Road quite a bit. When he came to Celtic, and then obviously went on uh, to do great things elsewhere as well. At 50, playing against the Colts, you must look after yourself as well, Danny. What was your thoughts on John's comments in and around the mentality and the culture of Scottish football? He was talking recently about how he wouldn't personally like to manage because he would find it difficult to get them into the same mindset. Is that something that still exists in
6: Scotland? I think when you've done as well as John Collins in the game, you can save virtually anything that you mm. want, Paul, You because know, you've got the money in the bank to, to do that. There's some of us out there that have still got to go out there and make a living and make... Make help and shape and improve these guys. You know, we're just going to stay behind the scenes there and and not attempt to change our game. I understand totally what you're saying. He's been fortunate enough to play at the highest level, and he earned the the, he earned the right to go and play at the highest level. Um, but what we need, we need guys like John Collins with that experience. You know, to bring it back in. Very successful at Hibs when he was when he when he was a, a manager coach there, um, and I think. Like anything in, uh, in today's game, you know, it's a massive, massive part to play it mm-hmm. for me, Paul. I, I remember growing up as a kid or even becoming a young coach, becoming a young coach myself, you know, they always spoke about the, the four aspects of the game, technical, tactical, uh, physical. And the one that we always sort of da- uh, dabbled in was the mental attitude, you know, the, the psychological one. For me, I think that's the most important one now. You know, as a coach Even as a player Is to try and have that mindset And not every single one of them uh, Do But as coaches You've got to try and guide Shape them You know, into the right path And I think if you look at the Even the average Player that's playing in the In my opinion The best league in the world And now the 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 Premiership down south They're athletes Mm -hmm. First and foremost Mm -hmm. Proper athletes
4: See when you look at Some of maybe the Celtic names That I've mentioned The young teenage guys and they're looking around at maybe some of the big clubs down south. The wages are a part of that. I, I totally get that. They might get a massive big wage increase. I think Aaron Hickey's the, the case in point. If he moves to the Bologna or mm-hmm. Bayern Munich, then he's going to have a massive wage increase. But surely that's only part of it. Are they also looking at the development? Do you think agents are playing a part at that age as well? I mean, why why can't we nurture that talent in Scotland? That's my big concern.
6: I think financially oh, is the main the main important is the main driver in that. I think the modern manager, we've got to live with agents. They're a big part of the game now. Yeah. Um so they are. Um the, the the advice that they give there's so much access and so much money going about there. Um and I'm a big believer Paul, you know the amount of money that particularly comes into the game down south, you know, in the premiership um, etc. and we talk about the salaries that players are getting the players in my opinion should be getting the, the big money, you know if it's coming in there. You know why is it going out to the the agents, you know, mm-hmm. it should be coming into to the people that are that are sacrificing themselves every single week. So understand that where that then drives, you know, is 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 then the player, is he driven by you know, going out there to, to make a great career for himself and do the best.
3: It's the marketers report. Go
6: to iHeartResults.com for more. You can compete against the best players in the world or is he quite happy to have instant success and in anything that money can buy, you know, and 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 that's enough for them. You know, and I think that's where we probably lose a great deal. We've seen many a good player going down south, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and lose them. You know, you, you you talk maybe three, four years later and you forget about that player. What's pleasing to see there now? You, you, you see the likes of young John McGinn, Kenny, Mac- Kenny McLean going down, and they're starting to make a name for themselves. You know, and that, that's very, very pleasing. Hopefully, we
4: can talk about a couple of their players because I know you were part of the development there as well, Danny. When did it become clear to you as a player that you had designs on yourself to be a coach? I mean, I had a, one eye on Wraith Rovers because of one of my local clubs, and I've seen the transformation under Jimmy Nicol and winning the League Cup you scored against Bayern Munich the following season. At what point, or was there a manager that maybe you looked at and you thought, you know, that's quite inspirational, I, I want to move into coaching?
6: I think, Paul, I've, I've always been engrossed with coaching. You know, I always enjoyed training. And not just to turn up as a player, but to take what you had, you know, to be the best that you could be and what you learned from them that day. I think you talk about, you know, all managers, and I think you've got to look back and 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 look at all the managers that you've played under and there's some managers there that have learnt great things and some managers that, no, I wouldn't use that but it's still an experience of where you are John Blackley who signed me, you know, for Hibbs as a young 15-year-old boy I thought he was absolutely fantastic in terms of I met John maybe, I only worked with John for maybe 6 months didn't even really work with him because it was part of the reserves etc there but it always any times that I came across John, and even still today, always asked how the family and that is. So he yeah. always made it personally. Was fantastic at that. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Muller, who then came in the back of John, at, at Hib, was an absolutely fantastic tactician in that era. You know, so he was very methodical in his approach and he was his detail in the game, which you know I would I would say so myself. You know, you try and leave no stone unturned. Jimmy Nicholl, just for his enthusiasm and his love in turning up there, you know, and making an environment that you're happy to come in with a smile and go out with a smile. John Lambie, myself, and Graham spoke about him. You know, he was not renowned as a fantastic tactician, but what he absolutely had was an eye for a player and experience eh, players in there and people that could go and manage a dressing room. But what I loved about him was his honesty and his integrity. John could shoot you down in one sentence, but pick you up. In the next one, so mm-hmm. he could. It was absolutely fantastic man management. Um, so I think you learn a great deal, but what you've also got to do, most importantly, as a manager or young coach yourself, you've got to bring your own ideas and be and be yourself. Learn from your experience, what works for you, and I think every single day, every single week, you know, is certainly a an education day. You know, I'm 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 engrossed with the game of football, uh, and you know, every week I've turned. Great to to have Graham come in as sporting director, you know, because it gives you someone else to to go and bounce off. He's had wonderful experiences in the game, um, he's earlier, so that is certainly something that that I'll tap tap into, you know. And sometimes I, I was mentioning to Graham the other night there. My love is to get in there and coach, but sometimes when you're in there and amongst it, you can miss a great deal, you know. Sometimes you've got to come out and or somebody actually physically come and pull you out there so that you get a wee helicopter approaching you can can see exactly what's happening there um, and I think as I've got older as a coach I do that a wee bit better now
4: I look at Cowdenbeath again a local club to me and you look at some of the, the managers who have gone to Cowdenbeath either as a stepping stone or to start the managerial, managerial career and it's been a bit of a, a fertile ground for them you know when you think of Mixu, Pat Aline and even Craig Levine Craig. going there You went and you had great success at Cowdenbeath. Now, we know they're a small provincial club. They're relying on small attendances as well, Danny. Um, I mean, Central Park is is, uh, infamous because (laughs) of the the stock car racing and everything else. When you're looking at that yourself, what's the first thing that comes to your mind in relation to getting a club like that working?
6: Cowdenbeath for me, Paul, was... An absolutely wonderful learning curve, and it was a, an opportunity that perhaps, you know, if you don't take it, um, may not have come uh, come up again, you know, in terms of a manager, managerial job. I sort of had a, a dual role within that, you know, as well as the, the manager uh, in football. I also had the the general manager's job. So it gave me an absolutely wonderful insight to how a football football club was run, Um, so much so that when I did go to St Mirren and it was a bigger organisation you know, finances, they were playing in top league it gave me a great deal of appreciation you know, and the fantastic work that other people did in the football club Um, so it was um, and you know, to understand that because I feel that everybody to work to their maximum to to get the best out of people they've got to feel valued Um, and that that was a great learning curve for me. Couldn't be to do that. That's an
5: important thing that you've just said there—to <coughs> feel valued, and it's important that when you do uh, get uh, young players in and seasoned pros in, that they still feel valued. We touched on it the other day, and I think you just touched on it at the beginning as well, Graham. If a player uh, has been in the Celtic Rangers system and they've got this mentality that that's that's where they should be and that's still their level. And then they come down uh, into the lower leagues and they've got somebody like yourself who embraces, embraces them in and then helps them develop not just their game but their mentality, their whole mentality to become better players within the game and the level they're at and hopefully go back up again. So to feel valued is very important. And the more coaches that that look at that and value players when they come in, and don't just look at them as players, but how can we help this person get back up and become the best they can be. And that's very important. I think that, as a coach, eh, when, I, when I've got a eh, eh, players, make them all feel valued. You used a word earlier there as well, eh, eh Danny? Enthusiasm. Graham? No, for sure. Have not. we still got that... Enthusiasm for the young young players in the game. Have we still got that? Well, I mean, we're talking here. Even even the seasoned pros, we've been talking a bit on a Celtic state of mind and how eh, eh, the midfield at the moment is a bit congested with the amount of, of players that's in there. Eh, we're, we're lacking this left back position at the moment, but if you've got a player, if you've got a player. Uh, and it's Clyde, or we, we, the these and you've got all these players, but you know that left back position uh, is needing filled. Me, I'd be coming in. I'd be champing your door, boss, boss, boss. I'll play left back. I'll play. I'll play anywhere for you. I'll play whatever you want me play. Me, I might be a centre mid. I might be a right mid. I might be a left mid. But see that position in there, that's empty. I'm in. I'm not going to pick me.
2: I'll, I'll do a job in there for you. Have we still got that? Can you ask your agent to come in tomorrow morning to see us? Hi. Because that's exactly... <laughs> yeah. that, that's is ex- that is exactly the attitude that we would look for from from a player. You want that. You've, you've got to
5: have it. So all this talk, well, these clubs, they've got the players there. Back to he, Paul and he, he, the question and you saying the money's good for them. But it is great. Money is good. Money's brilliant, but if you if you want to make a name for yourself in any sport or football you want name medals you want you want everything that you can get eh, and, and, the, and achieve everything within your trade you want to become uh, a good player you want to get a medal at the end that you can talk about later on with your grandkids or whatever i look at it and I say mm. enthusiasm, commitment attitude togetherness in the team. It gets you. It gets you so far. We look at it. We were, we were the underdogs in the... All through our Scottish Cup, Graham, eh? Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, underdogs. They're never going to do it. They're never going to get anywhere. Well, that team actually had enthusiasm. They had commitment like you wouldn't believe, eh, Paul? They were they had a togetherness that was brilliant. Every one of them wanted to play. And you asked these kids, where would you play? Anywhere. They went to play against Lyon... A Paris Saint Germain, uh, a, a Bayern Munich was in the tournament, it was a a tournament in Braun, a, Saint, a as I say, Saint Etienne and whatever they come away and they won it. They won that tournament, they come back, they come back for France, they won it, they could go into the Scottish Cup, they won the Scottish Cup, they won the League Cup, they won They won everything. Eight of them went on to professional football. There's only one in professional football today, and that's the nineteen ninety four A's Group. Sorry, and then another one came in, which was Daniel Fisher, but that was later on down the oh, line, Graham, yeah, as you know. Yes, yes. But yeah. one, but the guy who we didn't he think would maybe get there, he's now got over two hundred, eh, or hundred and seventy-five games, professional games, eh, up at Elgin City. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've got to have that enthusiasm. They've got to come chapping your door down. They've got to burst it down, boss.
6: Boss, I'm here. I'm here for you. Yeah. I don't see it I, I, th- I think you're totally right there Jim and you know you don't want the door getting you ch- you' you're, you're wanting that door getting kicked in C- so correct. You, do, you know and I don't see that but I had mm-hmm. a, an experience with a player I'll, not, I'll no name him but quite a well known player good profile um, and we brought him in just around uh, about the Christmas time there and I've worked with this player several times um, in fact Greg Weld there, there you go I don't mind saying mm. and we brought him in to give him an opportunity know, to, go and, to go, and, go and play again. And um, he came back in, gave him a little bit of time to go and get fit, um, etc. Now, uh, Greg Wilde, where he's been in the game, he should have been coming in and making a difference at Clyde and sticking out week in and week out. Yeah, And he signed until the, the, the summer, um, so he did. And, you know, it was an opportunity to put his cell back into the shop window, as he put it. I says, Greg, you've not even got the shutters up, son. <laughs> no, you have. But my point being there that even when we made team selections, etc., never once in that period for the Christmas to the summer did he shut my door and ask the question. You know, he just accept, just accepted, it, just eyes. accepted <laughs> it. Um, and I think that hunger, that desire. I've worked with many a player that are, you know, so motivated, just want to play. I've got a couple in there now, we talk about these junior clubs that have came in and offered big money. I've actually had two players there in this, the, the summer that, that got offered a great deal more than what Clyde could pay at this moment in time. But yeah. They've decided to stay because of the environment, mm-hmm. um, of where they've been, and to be part of you know, a journey that is that is continuing to grow. Um, and I think that speaks volume to the character of these players. Sure it, do. it does, but you
5: and I have been talking about this, Paul, about the youth players, and you know they, they get into that system, eh, and it's everything's there. At a the time, how do you become hungry if you've got everything? You've got to have yeah. that. You've got to have that hunger. As a coach, I'm a, a, always want to learn. I might phone Graham. I might phone this guy, that guy, yeah. or whatever. I don't know everything about yeah. coaching. I yeah. don't know. I want to. I want to keep. Bring in what can I learn for here? What can I learn for there? Mm. Look at the wealth. Look at the wealth of knowledge that you've actually got in your brain for these these other coaches that you've worked with. But we have a saying. You take what is useful for every one of them. Yeah. And what is no, you put it to the side and disregard it for the time being. But you might go back to something again. Like it may be a corner kick, number three. Yeah. Number three. He warned these Thistle players when we were playing against them, they're going to come out and they're going to do these short corners. right? But it was him that taught it. Mm-hmm. Graham taught it to yeah. us. But we done that number three and it came off at work to be scored a goal and he went, I told you that we're going to do that. So there's all we different things in the game that we all learn for each other. But you've got the wealth of all these yeah. experienced coaches to come to you to give to your players and the players that you bring on to give to their players. Yeah. I, I know I, what we're talking about Cowden beef there yeah. and I got onto this.
2: Oh, I, do, I, do, I don't want to name drop here. No. I, I hate it. But I will. I remember Brendan Rodgers saying that coaches are the biggest thieves. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's a compliment. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't saying it in any derogatory manner. He, he was talking about his own experience of him maybe looking and going and seeing what Jose Mourinho was doing or whatever. Yeah. And taking that wee bit and not actually replicating it, but tweaking it here and there and it becomes your own then mm. but there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing yeah. wrong with that me,
5: me and Paul's got a saying Sid Vicious singing My Way and Frank Sinatra yeah. singing My Way two different deliveries but each one
6: effective effective, effective. to mm.
1: whatever audience yeah. is looking
6: yeah. yeah and I think also taking that back even a step to when you're a player or young players out there today and I can take this back with the knowledge that I now know of coaching and managing and 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 my, my methods in the game. It's every player's responsibility to come and get as much information out of me as possible. They don't ask enough questions. No. No, they do. And I'm not saying that I'll know every single answer, but what I will do, Jim Paul, I'll go and get you that answer if I don't know it, because I know a wealthy, experienced coaches that will guide me and help. And it's something else that I've maybe learnt now. And I would encourage every player coming into the game if there's something that you're not sure about, ask that question. And we encourage that. You know, don't be embarrassed that if you don't understand what we're we're asking. Let's guide ourselves through there and, and shape and we'll come up with the answer. But this is the reason of why you're doing it. And you've got to understand that and why it's going to improve improve you as a player. Yeah. And and that might work in terms of that player's at Clyde at this moment in time. If that player then moves on and works with another coach somewhere else. That coach might not particularly want him to use that tool, but at least he's still got it in his locker. Oh, Correct. Yeah. So he has. Yeah. Correct.
5: And it's there, and it's Aye. there for him to use. And you, you look at it as well. The best players don't necessarily make the best team because mm-hmm. some of the best players in there don't really want to do the work that that guy out there that's got lesser ability can do. The guy with lesser ability maybe want to have the ability that he's got, mm-hmm. but the guy with the attitude, the attitude. And a wee bit ability, then then he's coachable. Then he can g- become part of a very good team. That I feel is very important. The best players don't make the best team, but see when see when the chef or the good the good coach,
6: yeah, gels them all together. That's the difference. That's probably my biggest bugbear in the game, uh, Jim. And maybe just causes my own mentality. I'm not saying it was the... The best player or the worst no. player, but I had an attitude it was my attitude that kept me in the game or still keeps me in the game. That that's what's kept me in the game. You know, um wasn't blessed with height, was quick, had a decent football brain, good range of passing, etc. Um but I think when you actually see um players today in terms of where where, where the the direction of where they go, you know, they give up on it too easy. Yeah. So they do. Um and and if something's not working... You know, old school, we went and fixed something that... You know, because it meant something to you. But in today's society, there are that many things that... You know, we just move on to the, ne- on to the next one. A next opportunity will come. Um, and who's to blame for that? I think it's us. I think it's your generations, you know, in the way that we've brought up our kids. Yeah. You know, not just this year, but generations before us. Um, and, you know, we've got to... Some somebody had actually spoke to to me the other day. I was actually I was actually angry. A player never a young player never turned up for training on Saturday. And I looked at my phone after training and sure enough there was a couple of messages. Text messages. Now I understand this is the way that young player young people now communicate with each other. I understand that. But what young people have also got to understand there's got to be a respect for the older generation and the way that they communicated. Pick the phone up. Excellent. Pick Excellent. the phone up and speak face to face. I think we're giving making life far too easy for the young ones nowadays. And and I mean that as a parent myself. You know we we, we hand and lay them for absolutely everything. We've got to get back to see me, I, I would bring back, back a national service. So mm. I'd, I'd bring back the school belt. So I would Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're the type of values that I, thought, I was
5: always getting the school belt I, so, so I was always getting I, a built in. So was yeah, I, Jim. You know what I mean?
6: Um, <laughs> and they're the values that I feel. You know, there's no just a that just this doesn't seem to be the same respect for authority in that now.
3: That isn't he. And and it's ve- this week on the Marketers Report. Patrizio Spagnoletto global chief marketing officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust.
5: Youngsters out there And you have players that's, that's listening And watching Attitude 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 All the time yeah. You look at it You look at it You're set out As a player To achieve What you wanted To achieve Or maybe you never Got to Where you, you Want your goal was But that goal's Only set To be reached if you don't reach that, you move on to your next goal. You don't stay static within that. You've got to be like water. You've got to flow. Yeah. You've got to get to where you want to get to, and then go right, I've got why don't I go there? As a
6: coach, when
5: I come into coaching, I said, see, when I come in, I want to achieve as, as
6: much as I yeah. can. And I think that's why the top players, Jim, and the top managers are successful. Because when the when they win something, um, they're on to the next one right away Absolutely. They're, they're, they're for, they'll enjoy the moment they'll enjoy the occasion but they want to repeat that and they want to repeat it again um, and it's like anything I've had a wee bit of success in, in, in the clubs that I've been at and I've enjoyed that success but I'm still hungry I still aspire for more I still have the dreams as I had as a Absolutely. kid playing football I still want I want to get back to the I want to get back to the big league again I want to get back to cup finals I want more of it I loved it um, and I just think sometimes when you're, you're, you're... Certain players don't know how to handle success. That's
3: you know, they think when
6: they've had it, yeah. when they've climbed that mountain, they've got a wee bit of success, they don't know how to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. Neither mm-hmm. they do. They've got to hang on with that for grim death, you know, and start to climb back up yeah. that mountain again to get to the levels where they, where they want to be. Um, and I've, I've got a great wee thing that, you know, every footballer out there makes the same mistakes. The top ones just make them less frequent. Mm-hmm.
4: You know, when you're talking about the success and not knowing how to deal with it, I've thought a lot about that, Danny. I've never had any success in football. But just, you know, generally in life, people get so used to to being at a certain level uh, or in a certain rut that when they're faced with something that's better or success, they do actually struggle to maintain it or even accept it that they deserve it. Mm -hmm. You mentioned something when um, you were. Making your way in the game And the four aspects One being the psychological The mental aspect of it Is that something that you've Tapped into yourself as a manager?
6: Massively Massively um, Particularly when I went to St Marin, You know, you get inside Prayer's Head I worked with a, a sports psychologist Who was great for me personally And uh, in terms of the team um, Now, since then You know, I've learnt a great deal And took a lot from that don't know everything, will still pick up the phone um, and ask for advice, um, etc. and how to deal with a certain situation. But some of the things I've learned, you know, has been absolutely fantastic. I think the psychologist at the football club has got to be the manager, you know, in terms of your one-to-one conversations with the players and what makes these players tick. What one likes that rocket, what one likes that wee cuddle. And that's that's good management and how quickly you identify it. And what makes good managers is... That every player at some stage of the season will come off the rail. It's how quickly as a coach you recognise that and get them back on it. That that's that's the key thing. Um, and you know, I I, I just feel psychologically and how you make somebody feel, how you make them wanted. You know, before they cross that white line, you know, certainly. I th- as 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 the game's developing, and, and the longer I've been in the game in management, I certainly believe that a big part of the game's won in the dressing room before they even go out that cross that white line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. no doubt.
4: You know when you you made that step from Cowdenbeath to Saint Myrne, two successive promotions at Cowdenbeath, a wee bit of a buzz developing around about the club at that time, and you in your own mindset. Obviously, you're going to have to tune into a different challenge when you move to mm-hmm. Saint Martin. Yet, you thought that a couple of players could make that step up as well, Danny. Was that a lot in your mind? Was that about their state of mind as well, to make the step up?
6: Yeah, I think it was somewhat for me when I took them to St Mirren um, because that's where my finances dictated when I went to St Mirren with the the budget, Paul. You know, and I needed to bring in a few players. Sometimes you're better knowing the devil that you know than you don't know. And there was one or two players there that I thought, yeah, you did great for me. And I think you'll see managers that that have always maybe rewarded players, you know, that they've always maybe took them from the club to club. Um, and a great example for me was, was the boy Dan McGregor. Um, I think it was £1,500. I paid for him at uh, for Trenent, I think it was. Um, apologies if I've got that wrong. I think it was Trenent. And he came back and he was outstanding for me at County as a centre-back and also as a a, a midfielder who... You know, had a big influence in both boxes. You know, defending and scoring goals. Brought me Saint and he started great. His attitude uh, wasn't the sharpest upstairs, but a desire and the hunger to, to learn very, very quickly. He was very misfortunate. He went out, um, I think, in his second season. A uh, second season with a cruciate injury might have even been his might have been his first season actually. Um, came back um, after. Um, a year for the next again season, then just about the third or fourth game back, and done the other crucial another. Now that would have finished many a player. Yeah. So it would have just just mentally, without being physical. No, damn, You know he bounced back again. There he came through that. He then became and 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 made his name name for himself at St. At Mirren, getting a good number of appearances, and no going unnoticed. And um, you know gets a dream move to to Glasgow Rangers. Now, what a great learning curve to come for Trident to now playing with Glasgow Rangers, to working with great coaches like Warburton, you know, and in, in, in terms of the experience and the players that he's working with there. And now to go and play with his boyhood boyhood heroes. You know, it's a that that's that's the stories that, that grab you and to have a wee helping hand and, and, and allow these players to fulfil those ambitions and dreams is very satisfying as a coach. Another one that came for Cown Beef that year was a, a, a chap called Gareth Wardlow. Scored wonderful goals for me. He was a postman. Mm-hmm. Um, and always,
2: always delivered. Always
6: delivered. Always, always delivered. The delivery. Brilliant. And um, Gareth came and he was an infectious big boy. He gave you absolutely thingy, everything that he had. But he didn't play every single game. But I recall in the first season was a difficult season for myself you know I was used to winning week in and week out at Caribbean Beach, but now I had to learn what the top league was all about and what St man was all about and it was all about winning games I had to change my philosophy and the style of footballers that I had I had to identify that quickly and we're getting to that nitty gritty bit of the season three three games or something to go Hamilton were chasing us and we only needed one more victory you know to, to secure um, our status in the, the SPFL again couldn't have been a more difficult venue. We were away to Aberdeen on a Wednesday evening. Um, hadn't won up there for 27 years. And I knew it was just going to be a physical, horrible game. You know, when the pitch was dry, rotty at that particular stage of the season. Hamilton were starting to win games they were they were chasing. They were at St John's that night. I can, I'll never forget that. Um, and it was one of the ones, because you were then starting to look over your shoulder at other results, you know. But the focus in this moment... And this night Aberdeen, I went with a physical side, and I played Gareth Wardlaw up top, and he was absolutely brilliant for me, Paul. Um, so he was, and who scored the winning goal? Gareth Wardlaw. So I think that that justified alone, you know, the, the the worth of Gareth coming back down the road that 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 journey. The players were all, you know, celebrating, you know, another year, which was a great achievement. It didn't fuel me; it wasn't enough for me, though. You know, I thought, no. Surely we've got to be better than that. And um, I had big decisions to make that next day on two days later on the Friday, um, and 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 let the majority of that squad go, know that there, there wouldn't be any more con- uh, a further contract for them. So that was the difficult part of it. But it gave me a blank canvas there for myself for the following season, which you know let me get players in there that are that I feel could play to the style of football that I wanted to and. We couldn't have been that bad Because I still got letters And, and emails For St Mirren fans To say that they come in seasons Were the, the best That they've seen For a long long time
4: See when you think about That team you built though Danny I mean As a Celtic fan Obviously <clears throat> We were the victims of that In your cup run In the semi-final And we'll talk about That game as well But often what happens is You look at What happens to the, the side After the manager leaves And then you sometimes Appreciate just how good A job mm-hmm. you did At St Mirren and you know to take them to a national cup final. Not only that, but to win was was incredible. But through that that process and through that period, you were introducing guys like a seventeen year old John McGinn mm-hmm. into the side. I mean, from his very early days, Danny talked us about the the impact he made in your team.
6: Yeah, that, that that was another part of my remit, as well as keeping Saint Mirren, you know dining at the top table year in and year out. That was the main priority. Um, a big part of my my development. Um, at Gretna Football Club you know I I was always you know um, interested in youth football young energy players with that attitude and that hunger you know um, and that that is still the case today Um, so it is but that was one thing that was in my remit was to bridge the gap between the first team and uh, the academy players at St Mirren and people often say to me Paul you know about winning the cup and they were all nice moments and getting the Two top finishes in the club's history, you know, the the the, the eighth, etc. But the biggest satisfaction for me was bridging that gap and, and and seeing the likes of the youth players starting to come through, John McGinn, Kenny McLean, you know, and you go back to wee John McGinn as a seventeen-year-old um, or a sixteen-year-old at that time, maybe playing in the reserve games, um, as, as 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 we would call, them. and I built that standing, John. As you're up the stand, we all see the game differently, don't we? But you see two or three things up the stand, don't you? And as soon as John picked the ball up, I would look and I would see, right, what are you seen here, John? See the amount of times that he would see something that I didn't even see up the stand, and deliver the pass it was incredible. I says, he's ready, he's mm-hmm. ready. We brought him over. How did they handle the experience? They trained him with the first team every day. Took it like a duck to water. Sometimes, in terms of kids coming over to that environment. Sometimes a week to ten days Two weeks later You've got to send them back over See how they handled that John never went back Neither no, did He was He was incredible He was You know Everything that That, that, that boy gets um, uh, He deserves Because he's He's got a hunger That attitude And a desire And a very very Respectful guy You know He was the one last off the training He's the one that Didn't have to ask him To pick that cone Didn't they ask him To bring the balls out he was the man that already had them. He knew what had to be done. He was a pleasure to work with Brilliant. Through.
2: Pleasure. See, see, when I said earlier that my first priori- priority as a sporting director at Clyde is to ensure that Clyde are in business this time next year due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. My second priority is to ensure that this man to the right of me is at Clyde for the, for the foreseeable future and for a for long-term possible because as you've just listened here, as I'm just sitting listening to here, to the the success that he's had and how he's achieved it. For us to retain this man here at Clyde is, is, is a major, major step because he should be, in my humble opinion, working, and with all due respect, at a far higher club than Clyde and definitely at least in the Scottish Premiership. So that will be a real feather in my cap. If we come back here next year this time, Paul... That you're sitting beside me still as a manager of Clyde. Your enthusiasm
5: is fantastic. Even talking the way you're putting it across, I'd play for you. I would come in and I play for you, sure and do. I would, I would be coming in. And even if I wasn't getting a game, I'd still go. I want to play mm. for you. I want to want to play for Clyde. I want to. Pl- I would want to play for you. I was at Clyde, as you know. Yes, Graham. Yes. Uh, I would. I'd play for you. No, Just like I said game. yesterday, I'd play for Neil Lennon. Yeah. I'd play for anywhere for Neil Lennon. And any player that's in in that club at Celtic should be going, I'll play anywhere for you, boss. Same with your players that you've got, I'll play anywhere. You come to Jimmy Johnson Academy and every one of their young players, if you ask them, Danny, where they play, what do they say? Anywhere. <clears throat> That's anywhere. a thing. Yeah. They do Mr Hay was in mm-hmm. Mr Hay Paul Fantas- I think you're a fantastic author I think you've done great in life I think you've done brilliant eh, With what you've achieved With a Celtic state of mind I think you've done fantastic With your books eh? I think you've done great And you'll get great things to come Your your goal is still no reach You've got to get even higher Than than what you are today Everybody keeps going. Mister Hay says, "When the first player came in, how you doing, son?" Saying the book, "Where do you play anywhere?" Next player comes in. Hi, hey, son. How are you? Hi, hey, good. What position do you play anywhere? Everyone. And he stopped, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He actually stopped Graham and he says, "Did you all play anywhere?" <laughs> He played anywhere. It it's brilliant. brilliant.
6: It's brilliant. It's, it's a wonderful. Alan enough that. for Tommy Burns. It's a wonderful quote, it, isn't it? Yeah.
5: it? But isn't it refreshing? It's great. But Clyde's a great club. Yes, yeah, excellent club. Clyde's a great club. Great really good, really history. good people. Really great good great people. Great history. I was at Clyde when we beat Celtic. We beat Celtic. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: It, it, it was fantastic. party the, the the coaching staff, me and Jimmy Strafty Yeah. We it was brilliant. It was a great feeling beating Celtic. Because as a coach and you're part of that environment, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you couldn't go, go. Wow, that's a result, and all oh, everybody on togetherness and everybody that worked hand in hand to get that result was fantastic. Equally, Annon went yep. to play Rangers at Ibrox, yep. battered
6: them. Yeah,
5: battered Rangers. Another great result. And, and it's that, fantastic. That, 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 should
6: a, that should be everybody's ambition in life, regardless yes. of what you do, Jim. Yes. It's to go out there and try, play, compete, and be the best that you can be. So as, You know, I think I think to go out there and um give it your all week in, week out. And I love that the the, the fact that you play anywhere. Um the, 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 you, you go out there and where do you play play anywhere that that is dying now because there's so many players out there well I'm here and, and players will use that against them but you played me you played me in this ah. position and, and, and I really like coming off the I'm right footed but I like coming off the left now because I like to cut inside and things open up for me son yeah but you're not stretching the game for me enough there son to exploit the space for but, somebody else pal abs- abs- you know absolutely and, and, and that's where to a degree, players have got to understand that in, in my style of football and the way that I want Clive Football, a club, club to play, we want to own as much ownership of the ball as we possibly can because I think we're better with the ball than without it. So the first process for the ball at the goalkeeper, we've got to have a structure how do we get on the ball at the back, how do we play through the second phase of that and it's important that these other ones in, at, at the top of the end of the pitch that they're disciplined enough to do what they want. No because they're not getting a kick of the ball, that they just go here, there and everywhere for a fear.
5: Yeah.
6: I remember Alec Muller once saying to me, um, when I was at Hibs, and he used me, he, he would play a four four two, and he would use me more often than not in a narrow midfield four on the right hand side. Yeah. And one day, one game, first team game, and I came in and he says, I thought you were the best player on the pitch today son. I didn't feel I, I contributed enough in terms of possession, you know, the ball. I said I didn't think i get enough and he pulled me aside he said you're disciplined to hold the role and the position to let others he says it didn't go unnoticed mm. right, it did. and that always stuck with me you know that you didn't have to be the best player but you had to be dis- disciplined to do your role within what the team has asked for you to do and that might be that you sacrifice yourself so that your wee creative player can get on on the ball in a specific area of the pitch to be more creative, you know. Rather than taking uh, three players on, he might only hate to take two on. just because you're disciplined in that, that that area of the pitch. But
5: you 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 have got an environment of being uh, disciplined. There's what he uh, uh, going to play Carlisle United. Jim Chapman and Joycey going to uh, so we were going done uh, to play. Young boy came in as a trialist, and uh, Jim Chapman says to him, "Where do you play?" He says, uh I'm a right back. He says, I need you to play maybe right mid tonight, what do you think? He says, "Now nah, I'm a right back. Never even get stripped. Yeah. So yeah. there was a lack but there was a lack of discipline. Yeah. Maybe if we were that mm. young player has came for Graham.
2: Yeah. Or or Jim, is it the fact that as a young player he wasn't coached better. Yeah. To to do the the same answers that your kids give, where do you play anywhere? Mm-hmm. His coach allowed him just to say, "I'm a right back." Yeah. Well, do you know what? You've just diminished your chances by ninety percent mm-hmm. of playing uh-huh. in the game. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. But that is the my saying. I learnt that from no, Tommy I know Burns yeah.
5: Yes, I, and so on. And so we pass it on. <laughs> so if, if coaches if, are the biggest thieves, Jim. Correct. Mm-hmm. So we, we all we all learn for each other. Yeah, you're right. But I think yeah. that's
6: the importance of how how much influence a coach does have on young players. And that's important because I, I even recall the bits of success that I have. But there's no date when, when any time that I've been successful in any clubs that I've been been at, I always for I, I'll never forget the coaches that made me fall in love with the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. Johnny Fordeyce and Tam McCabe, you know mm-hmm. Watford Community Centre. I'll never forget they guys. Brilliant. They were the ones that made me fall in love with the game. Um, Can I tell you a wee quick story, Paul? Oh,
5: yes. So I'm doing Windsor. I'm doing Windsor. He, we visiting, asked, a, visiting a friend B- visiting a friend mm-hmm. yes uh, <laughs> uh, w- Windsor Castle yeah, they were going to lock me up doing their game so anyway we got asked to go down and play we're preparing for the, the Rangers International Youth Tournament alright so we got down the week uh, ten days before it and uh, we were invited down by a good friend De Paul and I's uh, w- which wasn't he uh, from the, the Royal <laughs> side his name is Jeff Haley who made a film called Lord of the Wing About Jimmy Johnston So we go down and we play he, ought, he, he thought it was great that we come down and he, he he played down there in Windsor And all these Celtic supporters Wanted to come along and see a, a Jimmy Johnston team play So anyway uh, We play uh, Windsor and Eton Inside the the grounds uh, down there And uh, this guy asked us If we could um, Play his team the next day So anyway Cut the story short Jim that we decided to play them and this player's playing this young player's playing in the park I went wow wow look at his attitude not just his skill his attitude he's playing right mid playing right mid stole the show went on after it spoke to him I said why well, you get got potential to become a player have you heard the Jimmy Johnson no no not really and I said well you should really get yourself a uh, come up to Glasgow with us anyway we ended up speaking to them. He was a sub. He only got a game because the guy couldn't get. He, the guy was away playing with the county for the um, the and the Arsenal international youth tournament. Anyway, so he his uncle phones us and he "Are you sure you got the right player? He's a sub, and maybe his is not the best at the times." I says, "Definitely." So we managed to get the kid up. So we then go to the Rangers international youth tournament. So he's in there. He says, "Remember, where do you play?" He says, "Right, mad." He says, "I said no. Where do you play?" No sure what you mean. He says, you play anywhere. So wherever we take you, you play anywhere. And he did. So, we take him to Celtic. And eventually get signed. His name's Darnell Fisher. He started as a right mid with Celtic. He went to right back. But there was us bringing that kid up here. Helping him get, only helping to get him in on the platform where we wanted him to get. But he then, where a wee bit from ourselves, where do you play? Anywhere. And Neil Lennon at that particular time, he liked that attitude as well. Where he played anywhere, right. and he eventually played him at right back. Mm-hmm.
4: Right? yeah, he, so, I rated he, Daniel Fisher highly. Yeah. he's doing well. So to the That's a
5: great story. It's <laughs> a great story. And look at it, the, the, the young man's mm-hmm. life has went on. Uh-huh. He, he, he's he's done fantastic. So we're only Come a, on a on wee maybe. part of it. but you're right with your coaches. Yeah. You've mentioned it. Whitburn, we're only wee stepping stones mm-hmm. that
2: help players to go on on the road. Well, just as you're saying that, Jim, and and Daniel probably come in here, I had a wee saying for Daniel the other week about the club that um, Rome wasn't built in a day, but a wee bit of it was. Aye. And that's what you always got to kind of look at and and, and take it for a long time. I
4: like that. Brian Clough said Rome wasn't built in a day, but I wasn't on that job. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: that I like that I, like that. I, I, like I wish that. I had to remember that one
2: I was actually watching The Damned United last night Oh it's brilliant oh, it good, yeah. good movie
5: Now this man's praised you This man's praised you Danny
6: This man's very Quite good Quite
5: so Yeah, rightly so And this man's very good as well so no, he, I listen, he, he's, I've, he, he's a good coach. I've and known, I've known good good yeah,
6: I've known Graham for a, a good number of years. Um, I put in Danny fact, He actually put me through one of my early coach education, coach education courses, courses I, all those years ago. He put me through him. Helped well. me fall in love with the game, and um, you know, I, I opened when the board of directors were talking to me about a a, a sporting director coming in. Um, I welcomed it with both arms. It was important that we got the right one. Um, so it was And we had a couple of meetings And You know Just picked up I just You, you just get a feel for somebody You know right away um, we, we had a couple of meetings um, Then introduced the staff And You know when you're just sitting in a room You just feel Complete And you just feel comfortable With everybody in that room mm-hmm. You know I'm on about The, the, mm-hmm. the recruitment that. Yeah Graham's now, uh, PJ's come in, you know, the, the head of recruitment, PJ. you know, yeah. the goalkeeping yeah. uh, coach, Chris Fahey, the assistant manager, and, that. and then I just said, we're complete here, you know, and it's important that when we have those meetings that we can say what we want, we can be honest with one another, um, but at the end of the day, you know, we've got each other's back and we're there for one reason, you know, and that is for the success Clyde Football Club, yeah. and I believe with the experience that, that that Graham's going to come along and the guiding help that he's going to, that he's going to give myself, you know, it'll, it'll only it'll only help improve us. Absolutely, can I? Di-
2: not, can... I'll no need to give him much more help. I will tell you that right. Well,
5: <laughs> can I diverse just for a wee second, Paul? Can Can I ask you, Graham, about your involvement with the Celtic International uh, Elite Academy?
2: Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, I've been involved in that now since 2016, I think it was, 2016. My first venture was to China. Um, Which we spoke about in the podcast. We spoke about it on a podcast previously. And uh, I've I've loved every minute of it. Uh, going to different countries, Australia. Um, the best one for me, as I, I spoke about at length, was Cambodia. Yeah. So, no, it's it's um, fantastic. And I are you looking for players out there, Graham? Are you looking to bring players, uh, identify the players? If if there's any there, then certainly, uh, most definitely. Because what, what they're they, they termed as in, in the different areas we go to are elite player camps. Now Celtic have 70-odd partner clubs throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So the elite player camps are for the, the better players who then have the opportunity to come over to Celtic Park and spend a week at the uh, St. Ninian's Academy and then um, if they go. And the last one, I think, to come over uh, that I was involved with was a, a lad called Charlie... Oh, gosh, that's terrible. can't remember his second name. Came from the club in Australia called Narang. Um, he didn't sign for Celtic. However, he, he has signed for Shrewsbury. Good. On a three-year contract. Excellent. So, you know... Um, if there's players there, they're, they're recommended, but that's not the, the be-all and end-all for it. It's to, to form the partnership with clubs, to go over and do a bit of coach education with um, the coaches over there and give the opportunity for anyone who shows a bit of talent for to come back over to Celtic. Brilliant.
4: Fantastic. No, very brilliant. good. Danny, there's a few wee questions I'd like to pick your brains about. First of all, we've, we've mentioned John McGinn. I, I just... I'm so enthused by him I think he's going to be a linchpin for Scotland I remember a story that Strachan told about him lifting the hampers going back to what you said the dedication the humility how far can he take that because we see him at Aston Villa but people believe and I believe he could step up even further see before you say that
2: Danny see that word you've just used there Paul humility that for me is a real that one right up at the top there if you don't have humility and be humble no matter how good a player you are, I don't think uh, you're the real deal. No,
4: I'd yeah.
6: agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree with that. And that, that's been grounded for John. You know, they're very much a, a sporting yeah. family. Mm-hmm. You know, for the, the granddad involved in, uh, at, at um, Celtic, his two brothers involved in the football, mum, sister. I think his mum played with Scotland at the netball. Right. So very much a, a sporting, fan, but a uh, a lovely, humble family, as you said there. For me, McGinn can go all the way. I think. I honestly think if Villa get relegated, eh, one of the bigger clubs would have one of the bigger ones would have come in for him. He would have still been playing in the Premiership. Um, I could, I could, I could see him in a Manu hmm I can, I, I can see it. I can see that big backside he has in the way that he. <laughs> He 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 turns. You know he's got a he's got a turn in the middle of the part like Leach had at the at yeah, the top, top end, end. You know just uses it so well and strong and bounces. But his vision and his delivery delivery, of uh, uh, the pass, you know, is second to none. And you look at players like John McGinn. He's graceful. You know he's pleasing on the eye. He just makes the he's, he, he makes the game as if you're watching it in slow motion. You know he's 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 just class for me. Class. I would have loved to have seen him in a Celtic jersey, but that's Evidently. another story. That's another You're still mate, you mate, Paul. You're I'd love to
4: see that. Now, you had massive success at Cowdenbeath, brilliant success at St Mirren. And when you left the club, what, what were you thinking? Were you thinking somewhere along along the lines of, I know the, the job you've got at the moment, you, you're using that and you're building something yes. there. But, I mean, at that stage, I'm looking at you still as a Premier League manager, yeah. you know, back when you left St Mirren.
6: Yeah, I I think Paul, um, my my oldest son was going through um, a bit of health problem at that particular particular time. He took poorly when we were over in Mexico, the family holiday. So the the, the much needed six months after that, I was pleased that I was out of work. Uh, to be honest, and 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 for once putting my family first, because uh, we know how much we we sacrifice, and that's why yeah, I've always said that football managers' wise are you know they're, they're diamonds they're diamonds mm-hmm. so they are um, but when you then look at that and I did I seen myself and I'm, I'm saying not the opportunity will will arrive and I was getting to the interview tables I was getting to the the final three but I wasn't getting over that line Paul um, and I'm saying maybe it's not going to come I managed to get the the um, I got a call for Stuart Regan to, to go and take Scotland under twenty ones, which was absolutely fantastic. Um maybe in a wee bit of false hopes that there was um I thought that it was going to be a permanent job at the India. Um and I just wish there was a wee bit more um honesty in that, mm-hmm. you know, for the outset, I would have still done it. There's no doubt about that. I would've still done it. Um and I think, you know, it was a wonderful experience. I think I'm the only one that can say I've got 100% Scottish <laughs> win rate, uh, manager's win rate. Um, and I loved it. And then on the back of that, I went Mike Mulraney, uh Alawa, Alowa were in the Championship. They were struggling at that given time. And I went in with about, I think it was five games to go. They were almost relegated. Um, went in and I think we won four games out of the last um, five, which took them into the playoff positions we beat Cowdenbeath Beath um in the 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 semi-final or uh, to go into the yeah to play forfer in the final so we did and um went up to forfer midweek down 3-1 came back to Tiwalo on the on the the, the the Saturday and and we won 3-0 with 10 men so it was an absolutely wonderful uh wee story there but in terms of that journey, I think I waited too long in getting back in. And, and even then, coming out of the experience of Alawa, I'm saying, right, when's the next one going to come up? I went and played golf, my handicap. I get back down to seven. So I did. And I was loving it for about, just over a year, but I was missing the game terribly. Mm-hmm. I was still getting to interview tables um, actually thought I had one up north, to be perfectly honest. I flew back, family holiday, ten days early, so you can imagine the wife for that one and, right. and no getting the gig. <laughs> um, uh, we fell short with that one. Um, and then the Clyde opportunity came up. And I says, no, that's okay, it's second division. I says, but you might have to go down a few rungs of the ladder to, to, to come back up. But the foundation and the history of the football club, that's what attracted to Attracted me to. It. I was missing the game terribly, and I felt that I I, I could could help um, help them as much as they could help me at that given time. I needed football back in my life, and that's been it ever since. Paul, um, I've had we opportunities to be the success that we had at, at Clyde, you know, and um, I'm in a very very good place at this minute in time, and and really enjoying, you know, what with the club. I, I see them. I, I remember my part at Thistle days, always going to Clyde how hard games they were you know and um, what a good team they were then in that championship and and that's that's potentially where I see see Clyde as a football club mm-hmm. um, it'll be a challenge and hard work to get there but you know we've certainly got the, the right ingredients to try and make that happen
2: and all that's coming Paul with dare I say it perhaps the lowest budget in the league yep. that we will be competing in under Danny's stewardship and that's why I'm so desperate to make sure he's still here with me next year.
4: <clears throat> well, it, it's a bit sweet thing that, isn't it? Because on the one hand, obviously, Jim and I have, have been keeping an eye on Clyde because yeah. of your involvement yeah. in, in that as well, Graham. Uh, the fact that you had a mixed day in a grant in the midfield at one point as well, I was mm-hmm. keeping an eye on that, you know. But it, it does show that obviously the success that hopefully you continue to have there, Danny, will lead you to where, where you want to be as well, you know.
6: Yeah, you mentioned two quality players there, Paul. That did great. You know, and they came in as young boys that needed that experience to 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 get first team football and and games on their CV. That's what these these two boys needed. And you know, I'm absolutely delighted that Raymond Grant's now playing in the championship. You've had a wee helping hand. Personally, I think he could have went higher. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he could have got full time football. That's my opinion. The the boy, and I think it's like anything in life. You know that if, if if you work hard, you keep dreaming. And you get that wee bit of luck that everybody needs in any walk of life. Um you know, and and and, and as Graeme rightly says, it's it's Graham's responsibility to make sure that we've got a management team in there that's going to make sure that, that Clyde Football Club are always competing. But you know, I, I think at this minute in time I'm in the right I'm in the right movie. And there's no doubt about that. I'm really looking forward to an exciting season. Uh, in a short one so it's going to be fast it's going to be furious and you know we're just looking to go and hit that ground running but like any footballer like any coach manager out there I still dream I still have that ambition I still have that drive to manage at a higher level I still, as Graham had mentioned I, I do believe that I have the qualities sometimes when the gig doesn't come along or or the longer it takes and I think it's only natural you doubt yourself in, in any walk of life but the most important thing is that you're surrounded with good people that continue to, to every now and again, remember what you've achieved. And I think it's, it's nice to reflect back on it, but not to dwell on it.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, from Jim and I's perspective, today has been fascinating. It's been brilliant to have you in the studio and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. We're going to be keeping an eye on Clyde from a Celtic state of mind. Um, I think some of your philosophies and some of your, the ways that you've been looking at the game are, are brilliant, Danny. Really positive. So, yep. all the very best to both of you. In yeah, the
6: coming the Bro, thank you very much, Thank
4: you very much for your time, guys. And thank you from Jim and I uh, for coming and joining us on a Celtic State Thank
6: you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks very much, Jim. Great show.